Hello and welcome to the Cane Violation. We're back again, and I have a guest today. First time on the podcast. We talk about hoops all the time, though. It's my brother, Davey. What's going on, dude? Nothing much. Just been watching a ton of ball, you know, the NBA playoffs. It's yeah. Been lit. Yeah, so it's Saturday, July 26th. So last night we watched the Bucks blow out the Hawks. Did you notice anything in that game that stood out to you? Yeah, they got blown out by like 40 points. <laughs> yeah, that was that was so Giannis bad. was going crazy. They were giving Bobby Portis some love. Yeah, they were Low giving walking. Bobby chance. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby. He didn't even react to it, though. <laughs> He's got those crazy eyes. I wouldn't mess with him. Miritich made a big mistake. I'll say that. <laughs> so we are doing the uh, the last episode of um, our Restricted Free Agents. Uh, we split it up into three episodes. So now we're doing the top ten teams in the league and where they have any restricted free agents or not. What to do with them, basically. Why don't we start with the Sixers? They don't have any restricted free agents. Next team, <laughs> the Atlanta Hawks. They have a restricted free agent, Davey. Do you know who it is? John Collins. John Collins. Uh, yeah, this guy, uh, w- they were talking about trading him, like, before the season even started, because they were saying, oh, he probably can't play with Clint Capella, uh, is he really worth spending money on? Like, they, I don't even think they thought they'd have to pay him, like, 20 million a year, or at least they didn't want to pay him 20 million a year. They're going to have to pay him at least that now at this point. And they should. I think so. You think he should get some uh, some decent money this offseason, I'm assuming? Oh, yeah. I mean, his playoff highlights in himself, are, they've been amazing. I mean, I think he dunked over Embiid like maybe three times, three highlights. Him and Trey Young are quite the combo. You lose him. I mean, Capella's, Capella's getting older. I mean, they got to keep him if they want to keep doing well, keep getting back to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, he's really become such an important part of the team, and it's just strange to see, um, especially since even like three, four years ago. Like even three years ago, this really wasn't that great of a team. I've mentioned this before. I saw the Hawks play the Nets. This was uh, the rookie season of Trey Young. So I saw John Collins and Herter uh, up close. I uh, I sat pretty close at this game. I, uh, I really uh, <laughs> went out of my budget for that month and uh, sat like third row at a, at a Nets game. I mean, I wouldn't be able to do that now. I, I don't have, like, thousands of dollars to throw around, but, like, back then it was, like, uh, like around, like, 200 to $300 if you wanted to sit way up close. So, um, did that, and uh, Trey Young was not that great. 
really. He uh, he was only a couple months into uh, his NBA career, and he was still figuring things out. John Collins played really well in that game, but I it I think at the time he wasn't that great at shooting threes. He was struggling there, and I think even last season he was having some trouble with that. It seems like that's really not an issue now. He's really become an ideal power forward because he doesn't have the size to play a center. Um, I think he's six eight, so you know, kind of short if uh, you gotta play him at the five. But it's yeah, uh, it's funny. You you talk of these two teams. I I think of back in twenty eighteen. I think. Ben Simmons live streaming, I think playing some sort of video game. He was like talking to another NBA player. Guys like Ben's like, "Who are you playing tomorrow?" Hawks. Oh yeah, you can stay on. Like they were, they were like that good. <laughs> like, oh you my can, god! You can really? keep playing. Stay up all night. Oh my god! What karma right there? And then the Hawks. Take him out. Exactly. <laughs> wow, that's funny. That's what. What player was he talking to? Do you know? Ah, uh, I don't even know. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. That that's pretty funny though, because uh, the Hawks uh, looked like they really wanted to go to the conference finals, and the Sixers eh. didn't play so well. <laughs> no, no, they. They ha- they haven't made it to the conference finals in the process error, if you even want to call it that anymore. I don't know if you can call it. I, I don't know. Can you call the process a complete failure yet? I mean, Ben Simmons is definitely going to get traded. So I guess whatever piece they get from Ben Simmons, you can still say is part of the process because Ben Simmons was the asset they used. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's I think as long good. as it beats there, they'll go with that slogan. Yeah. Uh, that was his nickname for a while. He's not really using that anymore, it seems like. At least I, I don't really hear it on the broadcasts. Like, oh, the process. Yeah, I think he got it. His nickname turned into like a meme. Yeah. Process loading. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Years. <laughs> Ouch. PlayStation 1 loading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slow as hell. But back to uh, John Collins. He's... Um, you got to kind of wonder whether the Hawks not extending him last offseason kind of put a fire into his belly and he's, he's like, oh, man, I'm going to play my ass off and try and get some money here i mean that could be part of it so maybe it was smart that the hawks didn't pay him but you know i I guess this was brought up in an interview to i think it was mcmillan and he's like no he just just plays hard you know he's just really taking a leap so um it's it's going to be really interesting to see how much of a max contract they're going to give him because I think they, they really have to at this point. But I think even $20 million a year is too low. 
They might have to go like twenty five, like like Jalen Brown, he makes like around twenty three a year. And that seems kinda low. I think I think it's it's gonna start at twenty five a year for John Collins. And it's it's debatable whether they'll give him four years. The most they can give him is five years. Um and whether they'll do like a team option on that fifth year or a player option. So do you know the contract that Tatum signed? Are you familiar with that? I'm not familiar with that one in particular, no. Yeah, so Tatum got five years, but the thing they're doing now with like bona fide superstars, because I I mean like uh, Tatum's definitely like a star, like above a star at this point. Um, I think you can call him a superstar. Uh, That's not a homer opinion, I think, but he's just being treated like that around the league if, uh, you know, you you pay close attention. So he got five years, but the final year is a player option. So the reason he did that is so he can enter free agency earlier if he wants he can, you know, go back in the free agency, sign an even bigger contract uh, when he's like 26, 27 years old. And by Ooh. then, the uh, I'm sure contracts are just going to keep uh, getting larger and larger or you're going to be eligible to keep signing bigger and bigger contracts each offseason. So that's the idea behind that. Um, there, there was a little controversy because... Uh, you know, that kind of gives the player leverage because we see guys with, like, two years left on their contracts trying to to get traded. We just saw that with James Harden. If if they're in a situation they don't like um, Anthony Davis, it was one year left. Uh, one and a half, I guess, because, you know, it was, it was during a season <laughs> where he was trying to get moved. Yeah, we'll we'll see what kind of contract Collins gets. Um, I mean, I'm thinking his stats and nineteen twenty twenty two points per game, ten rebounds. Now he's at about eighteen points a game and seven rebounds. Yeah, I think I think they have to give him at least twenty five a year. That's my prediction. It's going to be consistent for sure. It's going to be twenty five a year or above. If I had to guess four or five, that I'm not sure of. That I'm not sure. I think maybe I'm going to guess that they'll give him five years and they're going to do a team option. So that means if Collins starts declining during that contract in the fifth year, they could just say no we don't want to bring you back so that's my guess what they're going to do but it's clear they have to bring him back after the way they're playing you know i was listening to a podcast yesterday and um i guess gms around the league felt at the beginning of the season that trey young wasn't worthy of a max contract which is like i mean even even like um even last season, like it, the way he was playing, it was like this. This he was an all star. Like 
I guess they thought like he wouldn't be able to lead a winning team, and he's just completely proving. I mean, that's, wrong. Right. that's ridiculous. I mean, his rookie year, he had a great rookie year. Yeah. 18-19. Pretty much averaged 30 a game. Yeah, that that's when he nine all-star. Says. Yeah, it's wild to think about. This is only his third year in the league. And then this year, 25-9. and nine, But it looks like they're winning. So, he's crazy. He's, He's so flashy. I mean, did you see the the shoulder shake live? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I I think, I think the alley oop came first. I think the alley oop to Collins when he threw it off the backboard, and then then the the shoulder shake later on. But it's just they're like toying with one of the elite teams in the East. It's crazy collins prediction again five years at least 25 a year final year team option that's my guess um so the next team utah jazz they don't have any restrictive free agents and uh they're in some trouble they uh i gotta figure out what they want to do with their team but uh, we'll talk about that another day. Let's move on to the Mavs. They actually do have a restricted free agent, kind of under the radar. It's Nicolo Melli. Uh, I think they should uh, let him walk. <laughs> um, it's. I mean, he played a little bit in the playoffs. He. The he didn't have much of an impact though. You gotta think now. So. Melly was in the J.J. Redick trade. They traded James Johnson to get Redick and Melly. I mean, I think they just threw in Melly to match salaries because James Johnson signed a crazy contract with the Heat. I think this was the 2017 offseason. So he was making like $17 million a year. It might have been 16. Um which was the complete overpay. He played well in the the previous season, but still it's it's like he's going to be like 33 at the end of this contract. So this is what we saw. We basically saw his contract get tossed around the league, ended up in Detroit, I mean uh, Dallas, and um, yeah. Don't I, forget Wes Windu. Windu. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. A window was was in that trade, so he went to the Pelicans. But I'm thinking, like, maybe Dallas shouldn't. <laughs> but like, do you think Dallas might regret that trade? Because James Johnson, they might have been able to use him in that Clippers series. I mean, JJ Redick didn't even play; he was injured. Yeah, I mean, he's a James Johnson is a physical player, and he. He can somewhat spread, like spread the floor. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just pretty much got some young guys and a shooter. So yeah. I mean, I don't know. JJ Redick at this age, kind of a liability on defense. Do you know how <laughs> old JJ Redick is? Um, yes. Thirty-seven. Oh, you looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, he's he's one of the oldest players in the league now, which is weird to think about. It's like, where is the time gone? I remember when he was like 30 or in his 20s. Um, so, yeah, so they got Nicolo Melli in the James Johnson trade. Uh, so he played overseas for years. He was on Fenerbahce, which is a good uh, team in the EuroLeague. Um, it just it doesn't really make much sense bringing him back. I think the qualifying offer to get him to come back would be like around five million, if I had to guess. And you're not gonna pay Melly that kind of money. So maybe I'd say if Melly ends up on the team again next year for, for whatever reason they want to bring him back, they're gonna. Not they're gonna decline his qualifying offer for his contract, making him a free agent, and then they'd uh, sign him for like the veterans minimum. So they just give him like the cheapest deal possible. That's yeah, I I think in all honesty, there, I I just don't think they're gonna re-sign him. I don't think they will either. I I mean I in the playoffs, three games he played, six minutes. Per game, and zeros across the board. Yeah, so. he's he basically was just there to eat up minutes. He didn't have much of an impact. I think, think they he... just put him in, in garbage time and just wanted a body in the paint. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because there were some blowouts there. So yeah, that's probably where a lot of the minutes came from. Do you think any team around the league will want to take a swing with him? I think he's almost thirty, actually. I mean, Let's look it up. as a Celtics fan, I would not want my team to take a swing. But, I mean, he might be able to help, like, a young team. He might have experience because it looks, looks like he has almost a decade in Euro basketball. Yeah, he's 30 right now. I didn't realize he was like, that. He actually has a lot of experience for his age, I think. Yeah, because he was playing pro basketball since 2007, so he's been around. He he might be a good veteran that you want on the bench, though. If they keep him around, that's probably what I think they would keep him for, kind of like a Haslam presence. Yeah. <laughs> Not... Not as like striking as in looks, but with wisdom, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, who knows? I don't. I haven't heard of Melly being uh, a bad locker room presence or anything like that. I usually don't hear that with uh, players coming from Europe. Usually. Yeah, you don't see or... him flipping chairs like Haslam. <laughs> <laughs> Not. You think Haslam will be in the league next year? Uh, I feel like he might not be. Because yeah. Miami was a real disappointment this year. Yeah, this, this is a big letdown after making the finals. And now it seems like uh, Jimmy's not too happy there. Big yeah, yeah. They seen all these trade rumors about Miami trying to get everyone. I mean... I don't know. Maybe they, Philly they seem should. Like uh, they're in hot water. Maybe Philly should trade Ben Simmons for Butler. 
about that. Germany would not <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh. Jimmy would not like that. They would have to trade. No, they can't even do that. They can't even trade Simmons for Butler because he doesn't want to be there. <laughs> like, uh, that would be an interesting trade. Well, though. I think he hated Brett Brown. I think that was that was a big. Oh, uh, I see. I think that yeah, that was. That I was mean, they thing. they have potential down there. Haslam might stay on the team if he. He sees that this team still has that spark, you know. But, I mean, they have to prove it. And I really, like, that was a disappointing season. Jimmy Butler is probably, I think, like 31 now mm-hmm. on the decline. Yeah. I mean, they got Adebayo, who's really good. Tyler Hero, disappointment this year. Yeah, he has sophomore slump. He's really good at huh? Duncan Robinson, he had a pretty good year, though. Yeah. He's a restricted free agent. I was talking about him on the last podcast. We think he's going to... I do with uh, Cousin Alex, who you haven't met yet. You'll have to meet him at some point. Um, we think he's getting uh, at least $20 million a year, which is a lot of money, but you know, some team's going to pay him that just for his shooting. Hey, that might be a team like Boston. I I heard we have enough on the salary cap to sign someone within Steph Curry's caliber since we got rid of Kemba Walker. It would be very complicated to get. I don't know. There there's options, but get rid of that stereotype that Miami runs on Duncan. Now we can have it. Boston runs on Duncan. <laughs> oh. That is a great idea, actually. And I think Duncan Robinson's from New England. So what are we doing? Let's 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 get him on the team. Yeah. We'll give him uh, Grant Williams. Enjoy. Here's Carson Edwards. He can shoot once a once a season, one game a season. <laughs> um so yeah, Nicolo Melli, nah. Go back to Europe. Go, go if you like America, stay. But G League. Uh, he's probably too good for the G League. He can probably get another job in the Euro League. Um, maybe he'll get another job in the league. We'll see. I mean, I don't think it's likely. So. I'll, I'm going to say he's out of the league next year. So let's move on to the next team, the Denver Nuggets. No restricted free agents. Next team, the Phoenix Suns. No restricted free agents, but they have a very interesting situation with an unrestricted free agent. Campaign is a free agent this offseason. I think he's just played himself into uh, a big contract. Oh yeah, which is crazy. We we technically saw campaign. I think he was on that Bulls team, that Bulls Celtics uh, playoff game we went to. He was on that Bulls team. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think he played though. 
I don't think he played in that game. Or if he did, it was probably for like two minutes. Yeah, he had a, he had a career high in points the whole year, and that was in the playoffs like a couple nights ago. So, I mean, we got Chris Paul, who's old right now, like, and a younger campaign who can back him up and do really consistent numbers like that. I mean, he's going to want Vega money. I think he's worth at least $10 million a year at this point. All right. I see him almost uh, like a Dennis Schroeder's capability of money right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Schroeder, his, well, he's a free agent this offseason, but he got $15 million in his last contract, so probably looking... Between ten fifteen million dollars, I think I think twenty is an absurd amount. Yeah, that would be if someone really needs a point guard, you know. Yeah, because I mean, this guy was playing in China, and I think it was the twenty nineteen twenty twenty season. He was out of the league, but (laughs) something changed. Something changed. This does happen from time to time. You just get players out of nowhere just really improving from season to season hey boston keep notice <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah we don't have a point guard but eh, i don't know if he'd fit in with us i think we're gonna play marcus smart at the point That's yeah I i'd love that yeah um so um i mean he's not a restricted free agent unrestricted but we'll we'll keep an eye on the campaign situation this off season the clippers they uh already extended their restricted free agent it was Luke Kennard he's been helping them out a little bit in the playoffs he's really been up and down all year um i yeah, wouldn't a say consistent shooter yeah i wouldn't say like before the playoffs started i'd say yeah, you probably shouldn't have given them that extension, but now he's he's kind of showing that he can play uh, in big moments. So, yeah, the only thing I've really seen throughout the playoffs is the defensive end. They're good. They have to pull him a lot, but when they're down, they'll put him in, try to get some quick offense. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I mean, he he kind of had a decline went from 15 16 a game down to eight this year yeah he wasn't getting as many minutes i mean detroit they didn't really have anyone so he was he was getting all the playing time um so let's move on to the knicks they do have a restricted free agent frankie smokes frank nilakina uh, I I actually I got in an argument with someone online about Nilakina <laughs> because uh, people were just so. I mean, n- not so much anymore, but it's crazy that even like last off season, people still believed in Nilakina. He just hasn't shown really that much at all. I mean, I think he could be in the league, but. I was saying that 
he's he's probably not going to be on the Knicks after this season, and that maybe he'll get the qualifying offer, and someone was just like, what are you talking about? There's no way. There's no way. And now, I don't even think they're going to, the Knicks are going to offer him a contract. I think they're just going to let him, let him go. Um, maybe, maybe they'll bring him back for the minimum, <laughs> but I, I, I don't think he's going to be on the team next year. I think yeah, he doesn't put up enough numbers, produce that much. So no, and yeah, maybe. I can't believe they kept him longer than Dennis Smith. <laughs> yeah, this was really the last connection to Phil Jackson. Actually, I think Phil Jackson made this pick. There was a lot of controversy behind that. I think I think they said that they should have found a way to get um, Dennis Smith, and then Dennis Smith ends up getting traded to the Knicks, and it's like, all right, we have them both, and they're both not that great. So, yikes. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I, uh, I don't think he's going to be in the league next year. I think he might end up playing in the G League, sadly. But I think he will be back in the league. Just, uh, just gonna, uh, I think this, be he's just path. still kind of a raw talent. He doesn't really have, like, go-to moves, you know? Like, you couldn't tell me what he's known for, like, <laughs> what kind of scorer he is, if he's a three-point scorer layup guy like I'm assuming he he's a guy who needs to cut in the paint and get his points there which I mean his three point percentage is kind of horrendous except for this year yeah and he probably took a lot less this year because he didn't get as much playing time I I think like he was touted as being like a really good defender coming into the league, and there's times where he's flashed with his defense. But you really have to have, like, one good skill set to be in the league. So if defense is his calling card, if he can somehow really improve on that, there's teams that'll want him at the end of the bench, I'd say. But he's he's not there yet. He... he he got a chance in that Hawks series and uh, was not that good. He could not stay in front of Trey Young. I mean, a lot can't, but he really wasn't making things hard for Trey Young at all. Yeah, looking at those stats in the Hawks series and more zeros across the board. Yeah, no, not not good. So I don't think Nell is going to be in the league next year. That's... That's my guess. If he is, you know, we'll we'll see. Call me out on it. Um, so let's move on. Let's go to the Bucks. They have no restricted free agents. Uh, so down to our last team here. It is the Brooklyn Nets. Bruce Brown is a restricted free agent this year. Now, Ike, I uh. I keep an eye on the box scores a lot throughout the past uh, few seasons. And 
I would always notice that Bruce Brown was starting for the Pistons. And I thought the trade that the Nets made was actually really good. Because all they did was give up... Well, the biggest thing they gave up was their 2020 first-round pick. And they were able to get Bruce Brown and Landry Shamit in that deal. So the reason it made sense to me is because... They were competing for a championship this year, so they needed guys on the bench who could play. And Bruce Brown and Shamit have proven they can, you know, play NBA minutes and they're on cheap contracts. Well, now Bruce Brown's a restricted free agent, meaning, you know, some, some team can offer him a contract and the Nets can match it. So, I don't know. I I think he's worth at least ten million a year now. I he's he's just shown that he's he's a really important player. I mean, maybe it was just the perfect situation for him because a lot of times, so many um, teams were just paying attention to Durant or Irving or Harden that. Bruce Brown was just, you know, in no man's land, wide open. And yeah, he's yeah. like, up, oh, throw it to Bruce. And he's like, I mean, when I, wide open. When I basket. think of Bruce Brown, I just think he's a Massachusetts native, so it's That's awesome right. and I want to give him the money. But yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know if you can give him 10. Yeah, you think 10's too much? It, it might be. I think I would cap at 8. 8. Yeah. Yeah, that I could see I could see the Nets offering eight. But I could see other teams going higher to try Yeah, and, I could see that to too. try and mess with the Nets. And then they have to choose whether they're gonna match that or not. Um I do I think he'll be on the Nets next year. Um I he just he really worked with these guys like he was just he, he fit in pretty seamlessly I'd say and um it's just whether uh, the Nets are gonna wanna pay him a ton of money and I don't think they will I think they're gonna somehow talk him into taking a little bit of a discount since they have a very expensive team yeah, I I think he'll probably end up staying in Brooklyn and they'll try to go with the squad again next year, you know. Yeah. Cuz run it. I mean, I think of Miami. I mean, they lost in the playoffs. I mean, that was in the finals when they had their big 3. They lost the first the first year that they were together, so yeah. I mean, they'll stay together. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um He's like a a baddie type. Yeah, yeah. Um, eh, not even. <laughs> Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a very important role player for Draymond. a big three team. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. I Yeah, I think they'll bring him back. Um, all right, so that's everyone. Um, thank you for coming on, Davey. Thanks for having me. And by the way, guys, if you want to check out 
a lot of NBA memes and highlights, check out Davey's Instagram page, The Ball Real, R-E-E-L. So before we get into the movie segment, I'd like to share that I actually went to Game 7 of the Nets and Bucks series. It was in Brooklyn, so I'd never been to a Game 7 before. So I figured I'll just get tickets from a scalper, you know, maybe in the, the first quarter or whatever. The guy will get desperate, have to sell the tickets. Maybe I can get them for under 100 <laughs> that was wishful thinking. Um, so anyways, I'm transferring trains, trying to find the next train. Someone notices my Paul Pierce uh, Nets jersey, which I bought after Pierce left the Nets. Because one thing, the jersey's cool. I like it. It's kind of like the Brooklyn Dodgers colors. It's, uh, it's gray and um, like light blue. I like it a lot, actually. I, I mean, I've kept it for years. It's probably one of the oldest shirts in my wardrobe right now. Um, but I always kind of wear it as a as a snide to Brooklyn Nets games, <laughs> meaning thank you for Jalen Brown. Uh, you uh, had one year of Paul Pierce and a year and a half of Kevin Garnett, um, and you gave us basically Jalen Brown. And and Tatum, and Tatum. But hey, you know it all worked out for the Nets, kinda, kinda. They're still a good team. But I did I, I didn't feel as cocky wearing it this time, considering uh, yeah, it seemed like the Nets were gonna go far in the playoffs this time. Well, anyways, this this guy uh, asked me um, you know what train to get on to get to Barclays Center. He's like my age. Um, and uh, I was like, yeah, I'm trying to find this train, too. So we ended up going to the game together, and uh, he already has ticket. I didn't have mine. So um, I was like, yeah, if uh, I can find a cheap ticket on, like, StubHub or whatever, you know, look for your section. And, uh, yeah, we can sit together. And... As we were getting up out of the, the subway, kind of didn't know where we were going. Because the Barclays, the Atlantic uh, Avenue stop is huge. There's so many different exits and whatever to get off. So I had no idea where we are. We're kind of looking around. And then we hear this guy saying, hey, yeah, take a picture with Andrew Yang. Or I All I heard was like, someone saying something about Andrew Yang. I thought it was someone, like, making a sarcastic remark about him. And I I just kind of, I didn't think about it that much. Uh, it was so much on my mind, like, you know, how am I going to get a ticket to this game? And then suddenly look around, and it's just Andrew Yang on the sidewalk, chilling. And there's campaigners around him because he was running for mayor at the time. He didn't end up getting it, but yeah, he was campaigning. Good place to campaign at a Brooklyn Nets game. Campaign. 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 How about that campaign? Um, so, yeah, I end up... <laughs> I just see him, so I was like, oh, let me, let me get a Snapchat here. <laughs> just like show that Andrew Yang's there. 
But then his his campaigners were like, hey, no, 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 take a picture with him. So me and this dude that I met, we ended up just uh, getting pictures with Andrew Yang, super random. So this guy, he already had his ticket. I could tell he wanted to go in. And, you know, it's, it's you know, it was going to be a, a tall task to get a scalper to sell me tickets because there's so many people around the stadium. So I was realizing, like, all right, let me just let me just get a ticket in this section. I'll pay, I'll pay like an extra hundred bucks, whatever. What? It's just money. It's just money, right? Uh, so I find a ticket. It's uh, it's well out of my price range. Um, so I was like, all right, we'll get this. Uh, I fill out all my information on StubHub, enter in my credit card, whatever. The ticket's already been sold. As I hit complete, so someone beat me to it, got the ticket, so I had to find another one. And then these tickets, they just skyrocketed. Like, I really screwed up. I should have bought a ticket days before when they were under $200. So that's my fault. I guess... I should have seen it coming because it's a playoff game on a, a game seven on a Saturday and people are definitely gonna probably be tipsy if they're day drinking and be like, yo, let's go to the game. It's Saturday. It's right down the street. It's not like one of these weeknight games where people come home from work and are lazy and have tickets to the game, and they're like, eh, I don't really feel like going. I'm going to try and resell these on StubHub. So I screwed up on that. Ended up getting a ticket. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. Let me just say that. I So I sat in the third row at a Nets game three years prior. The ticket I bought for this Game 7 was more than that third row seat. And, um, yeah, that was... But I was like, you know, it's just money. Uh, so I'm really going to have to budget this month. But whatever. Regardless, we're in the game. Our seats obviously aren't together. So that was... That was kind of interesting. So I was just like, all right, let's just go to your section. I'll... I'll sit in the seat next to you, and uh, if uh, someone kicks us out, we'll just move, I guess. We ended up moving like three different times <laughs> during the game, but uh, towards the end of the first half, we ended up going to my section where I got my ticket and uh, actually, actually ended up being a bit of a better view than uh, where his section was. We were... We were, I wouldn't say the nosebleeds, but we were in the lower level of the upper level, if that makes any sense. The, if you know the Barclays Center, it's the, the 200 section, so we weren't down below. We were, we were uh, at the very bottom of the top, uh, if you know the stadium. So, um, and then there, there was some dude in uh, his section that we first sat in that um, just standing up during every play, and I get it. I mean, it, 
I probably would have been standing up if it was a Celtics game, so I kind of understand it. But at the same time, it's like if the Bucks have the ball, like why are you standing up, man? Come on. Like maybe if it's a possession when the Nets have it, but this guy, he was just blocking our view, annoying as hell. So it ended up happening in our section towards the end of the game as well, but for most of um, most of the second half, people were sitting down, so it was good. But it was pretty cool. I just, I'd never seen James Harden play in person before. This wasn't the typical James Harden. This was James Harden on one leg, so that was uh, interesting. He definitely drew a lot of fouls, that's for sure. Um, like I, I've, I think I've mentioned, I've seen Giannis play. I saw him play once, his second game in the NBA, back when there was zero hype around him. I had seen Durant play back when he was on the Thunder, his last year on the Thunder with Westbrook. I went to a Sixers-Thunder game. Um, and that was, the, I mean, that was the uh, first time seeing Blake Griffin play. I know he's not really a star anymore, but... That was cool. So, yeah it it was a uh, it was a fun game. Like it was close. The whole game was really close. I don't think anyone uh, made like a ten point separation between each other at any point. So it's it's such a different experience seeing it at the game, uh, because I. At the same time, it's, like, plays and whatnot, it's just happening so fast that you don't really understand the stake, the stakes of what's happening. Because I feel like when you're watching on TV, the, you understand, like, the announcers are, like, commenting on everything going on. But things just seem so much faster in person. I mean, you you do see how fast the game really is when you watch it in person. But even like the the Durant shot to uh tie it up like it it didn't hit me that he was like that close to winning the game on that shot because his foot was on the line. So that was wild. Uh, I what I was recording a lot of videos towards the end of the game. So I did I got that shot. Um, I you know I'm gonna post it to my blog. It's f5season.com. F number five S Z as in zebra N dot com. F5season.com. You know what F5 F5 season is? It's like uh, free agency trade deadline time. That's uh, that's my website name. But yeah, it. It it was a really fun experience. And, you know, I, f I feel like I kind of got my money's worth. The game going into overtime. And this this dude that I, um, I watched a game with, nice guy, just graduated from college. Um, he, uh, he was rooting for the Nets. And, I mean, I told him I was a Celtics fan. But that I like the Nets also. I really, I, I was just being nice. I don't, I don't love the Nets. But maybe I was kind of rooting for them just for Jeff Green. 
but not really, not really. I um, I was not affected by <laughs> it's losing at all, <laughs> but it it kind of stunk. I would have wanted to see the crowd go crazy if the Nets won. I mean, this is a franchise that really hasn't had much luck in a while. But, you know, same with the Bucks. Same with the Bucks. So, it's nice having new blood in the playoffs here. I did... I was kind of screwing around. I, I didn't get the greatest video of Durant airballing that shot. In fact, I was... It, it happened so quick. Like, I was, like, on my phone trying to record it. I mean, I, I should just watch the damn game instead of recording it. But I figured, like, oh, if I... I have this on video, like, you know, I, I got a unique angle that uh, other people might, might not have, even though there's probably hundreds of other people recording at the time. And uh, I didn't even realize that it was <laughs> an air ball because I'm, I'm looking at it through my phone and I'm kind of like, what happened? And they're not showing a replay of that. No way. So, um, I do, I did hear, like, someone else comment that it was an air ball, and, you know, I think there was, like, barely any time left after Durant missed that shot, but I have, I have it all on, on video of, like, Durant just kind of leaning down onto his knees as if the world's collapsing on him. Tough stuff, <laughs> and and the guy who I went to the game with, he just says, "We lost, bro." <laughs> I was like, oh, "Yeah, it's too bad, too bad." Brook Lopez, he really stepped up at the end. He had a block, and then a very key bucket at the end. So how about that, Brook Lopez, getting revenge on the team that traded him. What was that? I think that was uh, the Mozgov trade. The Lakers traded Mozgov and D'Angelo Russell. And the Lakers got Brooke Lopez and Kyle Kuzma. Actually, kind of a fair trade. Kind of a fair trade. Because then, yeah, I guess technically the Nets, well, they, they really didn't need to, but the, the Nets were... They did a sign-and-trade with Russell for Duran, even though Duran already agreed to sign in free agency. So, you know, I guess in the end it worked out better for the Lakers since they got a ring. But, uh, hey, let's be honest, that was, all, that was all LeBron and Davis. Kuzma didn't do that much. So that that was my experience going to the Nets game, Game 7. It was fun. Definitely recommend uh, going to a Game 7 if you guys ever have the opportunity. Maybe maybe don't go if it's your team. I'll say that because if that was a Celtics Game 7, I would have really been sweating. But since you know, I didn't really have a dog in the fight, I was just like, whatever. <laughs> it's, so, it's so fun seeing these players, like, 
play with much more passion than they usually do because these regular season games, sometimes it seems like they're going through the motions. Not this game, though. This was this was a very scrappy game, and I enjoyed it very much. So, the movie this week came out in 1990. It's called The Ambulance. It stars Eric Roberts, James Earl Jones, and the mom from Leave it to Beaver. The movie, not the TV show. I saw the movie in theaters. It was like 1997 when it came out. I remember it was like one of the the last cool things I did that summer. Went to the movies, saw Leave it to Beaver. And uh, like days later, I started the second grade. Why do I remember this stuff? I don't know. The, I, I can't, I could never remember information from a textbook. I never did well on tests, but, you know, I can remember what movie I saw in theaters over 20 years ago. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it is over 20 years ago at this point. Jesus. Where has the time gone? 90, 1997, so I also saw Good Burger that summer. I saw Good Burger in theaters, and it was before they built, like, the big, like, uh, Cineplex at our mall. So there were, like, multiple small theaters that were in my area back then. And I remember seeing Good Burger, and like, it wasn't even, like, stadium seating. Like, it, it was... It was like you're in a school auditorium <laughs> on a small screen watching Keenan Kell and Good Burger. Um, the Leave it to Beaver movie, also not that bad. I think both those movies have held up. You know, the Leave it to Beaver movie, that has uh, the kid from Brinkin' It, Eric Von Detten. Shooter McGavin, Christopher McDonald plays the dad. And, uh, yeah, Janine Turner's the mom, and, uh, she is in this movie, The Ambulance, for the first five minutes, and then disappears for most of the movie. Eric Roberts is in this, uh, interesting performance from Eric Roberts, uh, I, uh, I don't know if, uh, he was, uh, doing some... Stuff to enhance his performance. But anyways, he plays a uh, Marvel comic book writer. Very interesting. So this is 1990. This before Marvel became the gold mine that it is today. So it it's kind of funny seeing all... Because there's, there's like pictures of the characters throughout the movie. Like he works, he works in, at Marvel. He works at Marvel. So you got Spider-Man on the wall. You got Captain America as well. And it's just weird seeing those in a B-movie because you're just thinking, Spider-Man is like, this is Hollywood now. This this is what every actor in Hollywood wants now. They want to get in a Marvel movie. Well, do they though? I'd imagine it must be tough because you're so scrutinized for everything you do. But let's not get into that. Stan Lee is in this movie. He literally plays the boss of Marvel. 
And he's just there talking to Eric Roberts, saying like, eh, you know, why you, uh, why you keep drawing this picture? Draw a different picture. So what happens is, I don't know, I, maybe Eric Roberts was actually like playing a drunk person in this movie. I mean, he seemed drunk. Um, but he's just walking on the street of Manhattan. He sees Janine Turner, passes by her, and is like, "Hey, you know, let's uh, let's go on a date. What do you say? What do you say?" And then she's like, "Oh, I don't know." And then he says something charming. She's like, "Oh, well, you know, maybe." And he's like, "Ah, oh, great, great." And then she's like, "Wait, I'm a diabetic," and she faints. She faints. And Pete, and the most unrealistic thing in the movie is all the people, like, coming towards her when she faints. Like, like they're on, they're on like Fifth Ave in Manhattan. She faints. Everyone walking by looks towards her to see if she's okay. That would never happen in real life. Maybe like two people would like glance over, but they would keep walking. Let's be honest. I've been to the city plenty of times, so I I've seen stuff go down. It's kind of cool seeing like the way Manhattan has changed going back watching these movies cuz a lot of these B movies were filmed in New York, like Alien Space Avengers that was filmed in New York, saw Washington Square Park there. Another cool old New York movie, The Smithereens. That's not like a a sci-fi horror movie. That's kind of like a drama music movie about uh, some girl who it's kind of like a, a drifter, couch surfer, hangs around punk bands, but um, a lot of cool old um, scenes that take place in Manhattan. I think it's probably all Manhattan. Maybe they did some Brooklyn. I don't know. It's just it's cool to see. So Janine Turner faints, she's on the ground, and suddenly this ambulance shows up, and uh, it picks her up. But it's not a normal ambulance, it's pretty old. And I don't think that's too obvious right away, just because, like, this movie is also old, but this movie's from 1990, this ambulance... I mean, it's got to be from, like, the 60s or something like that. But, like, if, if like, a Gen Z person's watching this, they'd probably think that's what ambulances looked like back in the 90s. But they didn't. And no one questions why this old ambulance is active and taking away Janine Turner. No, no one, no one asks any. These, they don't, they don't fill out any paperwork. They don't, they, they just scoop her up, put her in this ambulance, and Eric Roberts is like, ah, what's going on? He keeps drawing. He's so he's a comic book writer. He keeps drawing pictures of this girl. Like his his job is to illustrate the comics. But he's doing bad at his job because every time there's a female character in the comic, he draws it as Janine Turner. And that's why Stan Lee has to talk to him and be like, 
what are you doing? This is supposed to be a senior citizen, old woman. And you just drew a good-looking 20-year-old. What's, go what's going on here, Josh? He kind of sounds like Alan Alda, actually. They're both from New York, so... Right? Yeah, Stan Lee's got to be from New York. He's got that... He's got that cadence to his voice. Um... He died. He died. Is that two years ago now? I will say, I worked with Eric Roberts. I think I told you guys this before. I do acting sometimes. It's a crazy business. It'll literally drive you nuts. Um... But, you know, once in a while, you bust your butt and you get the chance to act with Eric Roberts. Now, I wasn't in a scene with him, but we were shooting the same day. And um, he actually was cool. Actually a cool guy. And I'm not just saying that because, trust me, there's, <laughs> there's actors who aren't cool, like at all. There's uh, there's some horrible people out there <laughs> who are actors, who are famous actors. The character actors are usually more down-to-earth. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, it's kind of funny watching this after, you know, chatting with him. I remember, so we were shooting, like, um... It was, like, right after Halloween, so on set they had, like, all this candy, and he just kept eating these uh, orange Kit Kat bars, and he's just like, I really like the orange, because they had the normal ones as well, and he kept pointing out to us, he's like, you know, I, I like the orange, guys, so that was funny, that's my story. Uh, but this movie, I don't know what, what's going on with him in this movie. I know there was a, a period where uh, he might have been dabbling with substances. Maybe there was a few scenes where he was zonked out. Maybe. Maybe. But it's, it's, it's a... <laughs> I don't know how to say it. It's, it's, it's not his best performance. We'll put it that way. So this this is just a weird plot. So I guess the idea of the movie is that uh, there's this doctor who cured diabetes and he wants to scoop up all these diabetic people and... Um, cure them of diabetes, but there's a chance they might die. It's look. I don't I I watched this at my my sister's place. I could tell she was not happy I had it on because she sat she has like a roommate and we I watched this on her living room TV. So she uh her roommate came out a couple times and saw what was on TV and you know you got a, a drugged out Eric Roberts on screen and he also has really god this this was like a 
of hairstyle they were doing back then. The mullet, like the late 80s, early 90s, the guys, even like Rob Lowe would do this. Think, uh, think, uh, Kevin Bacon in the first Tremors. Well, he's only in the first, um, the first Tremors movie. He's got really long hair in the back. That's what Eric Roberts has in this movie. So, Imagine just seeing that on TV, and you're probably just like, what is wrong with this person? Um, Yeah, my sister watched this for five minutes, didn't even comment on it, but you could just see the confusion in her face, and uh, she just went to another room. I don't blame her. I don't blame her, but you know... I gotta, I gotta watch these movies, and I picked this one out because I saw Eric Roberts and James James Earl Jones is in this for a little while. Another strange performance. He's ordering his I guess it's his coworker. I don't think it's his secretary. He's ordering this woman around, uh, and uh, right after he does it, he just has this strange smile out of nowhere like almost laughing and it's it just made no sense why it was in the movie like it didn't add anything it was just weird there's a lot of that in this movie so eric roberts he's like where'd this girl go where where janine turner go we gotta find her he's calling every hospital we don't know this person. We, cause he only has a first name, so that doesn't really help either. But everyone's like, oh, no, no, we don't have this person. So he's like, what's going on? He calls a roommate, the the girl's roommate. Um, and they're like, what, what, where's your roommate? What happened? She's like, I don't know. She hasn't been home in days. And then. She gets abducted as well. So it's like, what's going on? Conspiracy. Eric Roberts is running around. Like, what's going on? And at one point, the ambulance comes to take him because he gets beat up by a bunch of people outside of a phone booth. This is probably, like, the the best scene in the movie. It's when... He gets put in the ambulance. Like, he's strapped to a gurney, just thrown into this vintage ambulance that has green lights inside. I mean, it 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 looked cool. I'll say that, like, being inside that. And then he's able to escape the ambulance while, while he's driving by kicking the... Uh, back door open and then he slides off he slides off the ambulance on his gurney into the street he's on a hill going through traffic and uh, he, he crashes and in a bunch of snow I believe um, but that that was like that was the highlight of the movie for me that's not good this had a decent rating in the book this had like three stars, so 
And they and I remember in the review they gave it some praise. Larry Cohen did the movie. He wrote the movie Cellular. Remember that movie? A little Marvel connection here. Chris Evans is in that movie. It's like one of his early roles. And he all Larry Cohen, he did this movie called God Told Me To. That was a strange movie. So I might have mentioned this on the podcast before, but I for years ago, like you guys might remember when Netflix allowed you to like go on their website and click on like movies you want to watch. Um, basically, you create like a queue, a DVD queue. You would look up the movie, and um, you could you could create the order. You could mess around with the order a little bit, and um, like if you had the the two DVD a month plan or or the two DVDs at a time plan. That's how they do it because it was unlimited how many you could get. It's just, you know, you get the next one when you return the movie. It's a good system. I'm, I'm sure they still do it. I, I just went on message boards, movie message boards, mostly IMDb, and just looked up all these recommendations for... Basically weird movies, and God Told Me To was one that ended up on there. Now, it took like 10 years for me to complete this list, because I think I started it in 2009. I think I completed it maybe in 2018. I mean, I didn't go too crazy with it. Like, I uh, it, it took a while to find all these movies. In fact, there was one movie that was so obscure, it wasn't even for sale online. I had to <laughs> I had to contact the director or the this the production company that made the movie and say, "Hey, I want to buy this. Like, how do I buy your movie?" And the guy's like, "Here, what's your address? I'll just send you a copy, no charge." Um so yeah, the, the movie's called Gamers. It's from 2006. Not a bad movie. Um, but God told me to was on that list, and uh, it it I I think I watched it. I watched it late one night. Uh, so, but I I was disappointed by this movie. He. You got me hyped up after reading the review in the book, and then it's just like, what is, this is just bizarre. Not in a good way either. It's just all over the place. So, I don't think it's garbage, but I'm not going to recommend it. So that is the Abbey rating, the Tier 2 Abbey rating. I can't recommend this, guys. I can't, unless something I said really piqued your interest like uh i don't know if you have to watch every james earl jones movie because you're a super fan maybe that's why maybe you're eric roberts super fan so you have to watch all of his movies which would take a long time because eric roberts does like 30 maybe even more movies a year Basically, what I think he does is, 
you he just has a certain rate and you you gotta pay that rate I don't think it's terribly high but he'll come and act in your movie and um yeah it's I mean it's it's interesting definitely um I think you really you really have to love acting to do that um you gotta love people too you gotta be a people person because you're gonna be meeting new people new crew members on every set it can be overwhelming but you know they probably all see eric roberts and they're like hey you're the man um so yeah i can't can't recommend this one Giving it the tier two Abbey rating. So I was trying to think of what kind of theme to do with the music this week. So what I decided was since this is from 1990, we're going to do a little 1990 mix. 1990 hip-hop mix. Some albums that came out. Um, Public Enemy. It's the first song I'm going to play. I actually saw them live. Uh, it's crazy. This was over 10 years ago now. I saw them summer of 2010. And uh, it was a, it was an interesting show. There were these guys in army fatigues on stage. Like on each side of the, of the stage. And I was like, oh, that's strange. And then... Um, at the like the third song in out of nowhere they just start dancing i was like whoa they're dancers i thought they were security i was like all right that's strange and then there were there were people getting rowdy in the front row i was up front but there were people beside me getting rowdy and uh, <laughs> the 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 two guys the army guys actually came over and were like telling them to break it up so it's like oh maybe they are security so they're like they serve two roles they're backup dancers and they're security fascinating um but yeah Ch chuck d flavor flav chuck d was like 50 at that point it's crazy he's that they're still touring now chuck d is definitely 60 at one point, a, a girl took her shirt off, no bra on. It, um, you know, it wasn't someone who was very attractive, I'll say that. Um, <laughs> so she looks, she looks like towards the stage to get Flavor Flav's attention. And <laughs> Flavor Flav sees that she has no shirt on. Flavor Flav lifts up his shirt. <laughs> Shows off his nipples and sticks his tongue out like ah, like flashing her. And then there's some other dude, like you know, there's they got a uh, you know people um people in back of the, of the stage. Like you can see them; they're like on the side of the stage watching the show. And one dude just came just came over, and he just was not having this this girl being topless 
he he's he seemed pretty grossed out by it. He brought over a public enemy shirt for her to put on. So, I mean that that says a lot right there. But th- this literally happened right next to me. And now, ladies and gentlemen, public enemy. Welcome to 
the power cannot run and hide. Bullets shouldn't be suicide in a game of fool without the rules. Got a hell of a nerve to just criticize. Every brother ain't a brother cause a black hand squeezed a Malcolm X the man. The shooting of Huey Newton from the hand of a nigga pulled the trigger. Yourself. First, nothing worse than the mother's pain of a son slain and pissing her can't wait for the state to side the fate. So this jam I dedicate places with the racist faces. Example one of many places. We, we, in speak, I speak from a lesson learned in Virginia. I don't smile in a line of fire, go wild and but it's on bass and drums, even violence. What you do, get your head ready instead of getting physically sweaty. When I get mad, I put it down on a pad. Something that you never had Controlling Fear of high rolling God bless your soul And keep living Never allowed Kicking it loud Dropping a bomb Brain game Intellectual Vietnam Move as a team Never move alone Well welcome to the Terror Dome Come on <laughs> Yo Look at you Look at you now You ain't want to listen to me Now look at you What's the date and time? It don't matter. Had a pocket full of phone numbers. I was trying to sort to make a long story short. Ran into this girl named Carla. Knew her from the backseat of my homie's Impala. She said, what's up? Yeah, what's the deal? Check the hairdo. Of course it ain't real. Then I looked down. She was fat in the front. I asked how long? Well, about seven months. Oh, how time flies when you're having fun. She said, yeah, but the damage is done. Where you been on a little vacation? Oh, by the way, congratulations. Who's the lucky man? I don't have a clue. Then she said, the lucky man is you. I dropped my proof. And everything looked fuzzy. Not a baby by you. The neighborhood huzzy. She said, yeah. Remember that day? I thought back and tried to calculate. Then I said, damn, are you sure it's mine? Because I know you've been tossed plenty of times. She said that day. No, I wasn't horn. Your ass is mine. That's when the sweat started pouring. Cause all I saw was Ice Cube in court. Paying a gang on child support. Then I thought deep about giving up the money. What I need to do is kick the bitch in the tummy. No, cause then I really get faded. That's murder one cause it was premeditated. So what I'ma do? I don't have a clue. How many months left? Damn, only two. No cigar, G. 
man, and I'm knowing no. that I'ma hate myself in the morning. I got drunk to help me forget, yo. Another day, another hit. Shit, I'm getting fat. Hey, yo, you know what time it is. Never got gaffled like that. I used to do the gaffling. <laughs> McDonald's was my spot. Jack them motherfuckers for them Nissan trucks. <laughs> right in the drive-thru. <laughs> nigga, get your motherfucking food, leave it in the car, nigga, get out. <laughs>
better, pull that up. Get out my face so we can go head up. Damn, yo, 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 they don't understand me. In the sand when they always try to bend me. Might be the stereotype of a face. And that's the problem with the human race. Face makes waste, don't trace other places. We're all the same, but with different tastes.
force as strong as all of my third eye. Black is back and P-Dog will never die. Who says that you can't do this? Can't be wise or be for the movement. Games I won't have, so don't you play none. You'll see why when I'm gone. Skinheads end up dead cause I don't play. Brother swarm under the form of Scarface. Round up, roll out, we'll roll them up like Rolos. I stomp 16 solo. Straight for the jugular, hope that I don't. Swarm man bust a cap by night, so you just keep your place cause I won't stop. I'll keep pushing that movement right when I... Hey, 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 hey.